So it is the it's the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent isn't celebrated by all churches and all religions, but I I was introduced to it at Unity. And I like it. I like it because it gives us four chances to think about what's going on in our thinking, to pay attention. And this first one is called Hope. And I'll give you Charles Fillmore's, Unity co-founder's, definition of hope from the Revealing Word. And it says, hope. Hope is the expectation of good in the future. It is a quality, and in parentheses, good as far as it goes, of sense mind. Because it is subject to time. Now, faith is the certain knowledge that our good is ours right now. It is of God, and it goes beyond time and space. And I think it's very important to know the difference between those two things. And I call today's talk, gosh, I hope I get it now. <laughs> dot, 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 now. And I want it now. When? Now. But I sure hope I get it. I hope I get it. It's like sitting around and affirm, affirming, today I win the lottery. Today I win the lottery. Jeez, I hope I can pay my rent. There, those thoughts are very much in conflict with each other. I'll settle for $20 for lunch. And we begin to affirm lack. The very thought of abundance that we hold is an becomes an affirmation of lack. I watch it happen with a Unity Church somewhere that they were going to buy a full floor of a building so that they could have classes and they could have they could rent space out to healers and everything. Suddenly, the next thing I heard was, "We're going to buy a half of a floor. We're going to buy a third of a floor." And I heard, and they were doing a big capital campaign, and I heard immediately, okay, they're already settling for what they don't want. Better to have given up the thought of buying something, and unless you, you know, why not settle for what we really want? In, in the world, we're promised, we're promised the kingdom. And yet, most of us, and I will say most of us, are trying to make our misery at least manageable. And some of us don't even know we're miserable. We go through the day, we're not paying attention to the complaints about the weather, the fear, the concerns about the weather. We're not paying attention to our feelings or our thoughts about our families. You know, so I, we, David and I both have worked with many a person who will, will come and they will say what their, fam, their parents behaved as, but, but they were wonderful people. They will always follow it up with, oh, but he was a wonderful man. Beat me, ignored me, did his, oh, but he was a wonderful man, really. And it's like, okay, there's something missing there. And, and what's missing is freedom, and what's being held on to is guilt. What if we do, as I say about my mother, she was not a horrible person, but she really was not good with children. <laughs> now that doesn't go into full detail of how my mother behaved but I've done my work and I've done my therapy and I have no guilt in the realization of what my mother did and what I did with what she did I, 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 what I did you see I was treated 
rather poorly by a lot of people. And somewhere along the line, I agreed with them. In my ignorance, in my innocence, I agreed. And then, so I spent my whole life, or so much of it, hoping. Hoping for a better outcome. Hoping. Gee, I hope it gets better. I hope we get money. I hope we get it. But all the while holding on to the thought, we don't have it. We don't have that. We don't have love. We don't have this. They don't like me. But I'm hoping, 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 hoping. I remember I was 14 when things began to change for Christmas. I had decide, I decided that, because we had had awful Christmases most of my life. They were so sad. There were so many divorces and so many upsets and things. And that year I said, enough. Enough. I'm going to have a great Christmas this year, and I'm willing for my family to join in. And we did. We had one of the best Christmases of my life up to that point. It is not lost on me that is also the Christmas I won the battle to be able to smoke at home. <laughs> Seriously, I'm the youngest. Uh, uh, and I sat, my brothers walked in, uh, they saw me, I had this big stack of presents and my ashtray. And I'm there, my grandparents came, and I'm there on the floor, presents smoking away. Now, <laughs> but it was a great Christmas. Everybody got along well. We laughed, we had a lovely time. But I also was starting substances to tune out. I think I'd, no, actually I'd started in sixth grade with cigarettes. I just started smoking at home by 14. Yeah, because I was a mature 14-year-old. And, and so it's not lost on me, but somewhere I did decide... I'm willing to have a great Christmas this year. And I'm not going to rely on everybody else to make it that way. So the power of thought was not lost on me. And, and, and so I wasn't hoping that year, I was planning. And I was confident that it's possible. And I've learned over the years, over many circumstances, it is possible to have a great life. And I don't have to wait for everybody else to change so I can do it. It is possible to have a great event here, and I don't need somebody else to believe, to go along with it. I may have to step away from them and their thoughts and beliefs, but I want my faith to step into the present rather than hoping for a great future. I won't, you don't have to raise your hand, but I will ask you how many of you are affirming lack every day of your life, or at the very least, affirming abundance every day of your life while living in lack? Uh, holding on to the thought, I don't have enough of this, I don't have enough of this, I don't have enough of this. And, and with each thought that I don't have enough, I'm telling myself subconsciously, and therefore I'm not good. Therefore, we're not good. Therefore, we're not enough. So many years with Unity Center of Norwalk, we weren't good because we didn't have a different space. Because we didn't have a big, big enough space. We didn't have enough people. We didn't have more money. We're still telling ourselves we're not good enough because we don't have money. We're still doing it. We're good. Can't not be good. Absolutely can't not be good. You and I must insist that we are good and can't not be good, and that's not based on circumstances. 
That's not based on cash. That's not based on politics. That's not based on anything. I can't not be good. Can we say that together? I can't not be good. I know it's an odd way to think and phrase things, but sometimes you have to do that to wake up your mind to the realization, oh, wait a minute, I'm good. And it has nothing to do, has nothing to do with the circumstances. It has nothing to do with my past. When I had the awakening at my very first unity, oh, in God I'm good. And can't not be. And it doesn't matter what they think of me. That doesn't mean I won't experience hurt feelings if I'm overlooked for something, if I don't seem to be valued properly. I will have hurt feelings, and here's why. Here's why I'll have hurt feelings. Wake up, listen, everybody. I'm talking to you. Uh, it's because I'll tell myself to have hurt feelings. Yeah, it's because I'll tell myself I should have hurt feelings. It's not God telling me I should have hurt feelings. It's not Holy Spirit or the comfort or whatever word you want to use to tell me I should have hurt feelings. It is not love telling me I should have hurt feelings. It's me. It's me saying, Sean, you should have hurt feelings about this, and you have to wait until they apologize before you can be happy and joy-filled again, before you can call yourself good again. Anybody? Anybody doing that? Not have done that. Anybody doing it now? How many resentments are we still holding on to for an apology? How many people are here waiting till the government changes before you are allowed to be happy and call yourself good? How many of you refuse to call certain people a God being because they aren't nice? How many of us are withholding not our love from others, but our love for ourselves because of our opinions about what's going on in the world. And I got news for you. Stuff's been going on in the world since the beginning of time. I've read my Bible just as you have. <laughs> See, that's a laugh like comedy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Stuff's been going on. Personalities have been demanding and selfish and stingy since the beginning of time. And here's why. Because they don't know that they're good. Just as when we are selfish and stingy, it's because we forgot we were good. Since we forgot, some of you have heard this story before, but not everybody. There's a couple of things back there from a place called Boys and Girls Village. And I used to volunteer there, and I would go every week, and I would lead a 12-hour meditation for these kids from 5 to 14. Many of them were autistic. Many of them had to leave their homes because of danger, what have you, and they had very difficult coping skills in the world. And so they were here until they could find a foster family, an adoptive family. And I would go in, and I would lead these, and I would sit down, and we would start each week in a circle, and I would ask each one to go around and declare, I am good. I said, you don't have to understand how or why. It's got nothing to do with how you behave or how you feel. Just do this. And they would go around, I am good, I am good, I am good. And then we would go around and this one would turn to us right. You're good, you are good, you are good. They would go around reminding each other. I said, so, now if anything comes up and you see somebody going screw away here, would you be willing to silently remember you're good? Silently. Re remind them 
because some went often when you're scrolling, you don't know you don't want to hear from anybody. You are good. I don't buy that for a minute. But so I was away for a week, and <clears throat> when I came back. We're going around, and my supervisor said, oh, Sean, I forgot to tell you. Last week, when you weren't here, a couple of kids got really, one, or one kid got really upset, throwing things, didn't, couldn't cope with his sensations. And two kids came up to Miss Amy and said, he forgot he was good. And so it does, oh, it's, it does sink in. It sinks in with this message. I, years ago, somebody left the church over this message of I am good. I don't want to hear that again. I know I'm good. And stormed out. And I thought, you know, you don't. <laughs> you do not know you're good. You forgot. We have to be reminded over and over again. Some people here, it gets old certain reminders. They don't want to hear certain things. They don't want to hear about the Christ. They don't want to hear about this. They don't want to hear about that. I've heard enough of that. And I ask you, to be generous, to become generous for those who forgot today. Listen, take it in. And if you don't want to hear it, then it's for you. That you're the one that needs to hear it. Because we can't hear too often, quite frankly, we are good. And can't not be good, capital G. We cannot hear about the Christ awakening in me too often. We cannot hear about love too often. We cannot hear about peace and joy too often. But I'm talking once a week. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to come up here once a week and be reminded of this stuff. Because you're not, um, well, maybe some of you are, but a lot of you, I know, are not taking it with you through the week. Yesterday, I hurt myself again. Andre Maria pushed me down a step. <laughs> <laughs> that little lip, that one little lip, knocked out my knee. It was a shock. I went down to visit them, and I, I missed. A, there's just this little lip you don't see. And when I got here, I stepped on the first step and went screaming. It was, it was shocking. It's shocking. The wall was right there. Yeah, I know. It's a good thing a banister was at the foot of the steps here. Yeah. And I thought, no, they didn't do me do that to me. Uh, but it, I just I missed a little thing, and my knee wonked out. Now, I forgot I was good for a little bit. <laughs> Nobody told me I wasn't good. I forgot. I forgot as I hobbled up the steps. I forgot through the day. I, 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 I for, I, I've done a lot of work. Between here and home this week, I've done a lot of physical work, and I'm worn out. I'm just worn out. I keep trying to affirm, love is my path, love is my path, love is my path. Well, Thanksgiving night, I was in bed by 7.30, and it felt good. It felt so good to go to bed so early, and I sleep through the night. He's up, but I sleep through the night. That's his path. Love, love is in it. That's it. The cats are happy to have the company. <laughs> I sleep. But to not negate my true nature, that I'll be good when. I'll be good when this happens. That's, that's the hope of the future which is good as it goes in the sense consciousness. But we want to be in the spirit consciousness. We want to be, we want to know that there is no absence of good. We want to be assured of it. We don't want to affirm any longer and we don't want to plan for lack. We don't want to plan for the absence of good. We really don't. There have been so many over the years when we've done correct perception. Yeah, but. I will affirm the highest. Well, yes, but. Well, yes, but. 
And I thought, I get it. I remember what I didn't understand, and I didn't want to understand because I was in love with my misery. I was in love with my lack because I was assured of it. It's the one thing I could count on was an absence of good. I could count on an absence of love. I could count on it. I could count on people not treating me well on the street or in the grocery store. I could count on it. I could make it happen. Anybody? Yeah, you could do that. But to make a declaration today, I experience only love. The ego is going to fight that. The old thoughts are going to fight that. Oh, no, you don't understand. But it's no, today I declare. And that's how my life began to shift. One thought at a time, I began to declare, only love lives here. Love is my reality. And when I would enter into a conflict, I, my, I was so prayed up and still pretty much am that I can say, okay, I need to know the truth here because I'm not being presented with it. What's the truth that's being said to me here? And, and it worked over and over and over again. And here's why. Because my faith was that right now I would be answered if I needed the answer. Right here, right now, if I need the answer, I know if I ask, I will get it. If I don't get it, it will come to me when I need it. I absolutely know this to be true, and it is an invisible presence. You see, this floor is not a fact. And let me tell you why this floor could collapse. A lot of people want to argue with me. Well, these are facts. We have to face facts. No, we don't. Facts change. The facts change. Right now I can say, oh, see, it's not snowing out. And in this one second, I turn around and it's snowing. It's like, oh, well, the fact changed. So it's, it's, it changes now, now, now. This floor could collapse. The sky could cave in, or not the sky, but the roof. You know, it's that sort of thing. Someone who is in the middle of yelling could suddenly have an awakening and, and declare love, great love. Great, great love. Many abusive people are abusive because they don't know how to express love. They don't have any idea. And they are searching. They are searching diligently for love. They are searching. They are searching. And they are searching. And because the mind has become so warped, they don't know how to give it or receive it in a way that is satisfying. They just don't, and that's how addiction is born. Addiction loves us in its warped way. The substances, be it, you know, cigarettes and the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and the money and all the stuff, it's, uh, I'm assured of it. And then, if we are blessed enough to accept, oh, I don't need the substances, and we become attached to fellowships, be it here, be it a 12-step fellowship, be it any kind of a healing fellowship where we come together to talk and get greater understanding. I remember a man years ago in a mid room, midnight room saying, God has better things in store for you than anything you could ever imagine. Anything. I could imagine some pretty wild things. Anybody? <laughs> but they were all of the earth and they were all of the senses. What I couldn't imagine was serenity. I had no sense of serenity. I thought riches would bring me serenity. 
Riches bring me anything but serenity. But uh, serenity often brings me a lot of stuff in the world. And it brings me to like-minded people. And it brings me, and it brings others to me who want to become like-minded, but they're afraid to. Wait. <laughs> uh, it's the, the, you know, there are a lot of times people, they, they want what you have, but they don't want to give up their thoughts to, to, to get it. The, I've used this line for so many years. Every one of us can live prosperously <coughs> and abundantly. Every one of us. And the only thing it will cost you is your lack. And some of us aren't going to give that up. Because if I gave up my lack, that means my parents get away with what they did. If I give up my lack, it means my teachers get away with what they did. If I give up my lack, it means the president gets away with what he did. Any president, not just this one. We're talking all of them. Because we have varied and mixed emotions and thoughts about all of leaders. All of them. It means I will have to give up my thoughts of the absence of love. And I can't afford to do that. They're just so valuable. And so, in our Advent season, which means the coming of the Christ, the awakening of the Christ, not about the coming of Jesus, it's the awakening of the Christ mind. Metaphysically, we teach us. And so this, this time, and we, it's not about waiting till December 25th. It's today. Let our hope for the future turn into our faith of today. Let our hope for the future turn into our faith of today. Teresa, when she started this at I hope I can complete this. I can't imagine how I'm good. How am I going to pay for it? How am I going to do it? How am I going to show up? How, how can I put all these hours into it? How can I? And then once she started, it's like, oh, it, look, at I have 10 credits. Now I have 20 credits. Each class is 10 credits. You need 250 credits for parts A and B. And then you have to be accepted into... Part C, and that's three guaranteed trips to Unity Village. And it's more online classes, and it's more fellowship, and it's a commitment. It's a commitment of time, and it's a commitment of money. But what it's a commitment of is belief in right now. It's a tremendous commitment of faith in right now. I stayed in Unity because I was assured of all the things hoped for. And I was assured of the conviction of that which has not yet been seen. But nobody told me, you will get that in the future. They said, Sean, you can have it right now. You can have it all right now. You just have to give up your lack. And that's where some things happened in the future from then. Because I had to become convinced as one who forgives as one who tithes, as one who practices love consciously, as one who practices all this, not as theory, but as proven theory. So in our moments that unfold, 
I invite each and every one of us here to ask ourselves, do I want this now? Do I want what we are promised every Sunday in all the books? Do I want all the dreams I have? Do I want to see them manifest in my mind, in my body, and flow through my life? Do I want that more than I want anything else? Because I promise you right now, if that's what you want, all the millions and millions and millions of dreams will unfold before you. Thank you. Thank you.